This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? All incredible things to look forward to. Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is the Adrian Heath Show. Quintero with a Minnesota goal! The Adrian Heath Show. Oh, what a save by Shuttleworth! Oh, my! Hosted by former player and now loon sideline reporter Jamie Watson. Check this out! Good evening, everyone. Hello. Welcome in to the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken, I'm your host, Jamie Watson. Joined, as always, in studio by head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Adrian, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I am uh, fresh off 36 hours in L.A. with you. It was a quick one. Caught the red eye back. That is the worst invention ever. I I I don't know how people do that. I don't. I'm still trying to recover from it. It was a, by the time it, we've had the sort of post game meal, and it's like twelve o'clock. You have a couple of drinks, and before you know where you are, you're two o'clock, and then you've got to get. What time did you leave? Oh, I left at eleven forty-five p.m. So by the time you got done with your meal, I was already in the air. Oh, was you? Oh, yeah, okay. I went. Uh, I went straight to the airport from the stadium, and I've actually got a funny story I'll tell you about. Are you sure it's funny? <laughs> <laughs> You've absolutely killed me. There's no way I can tell this story now because nothing I say at this point will be funny. Uh, no. okay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tell it I anyways. To, I got I don't know if the view uh, the listeners at home they realize that you're under the thumb so much that you had to get home so quickly. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was that was a tough one. I I've been traveling quite a bit, so I was like, you know what, this is a great idea. I'll get home to the missus, and then I ended up sleeping half the Sunday away anyway. So so it didn't work out. But it was uh, it was a better trip for you than it was for me, Minnesota United. Coming back from being down twice mm-hmm. to get a 2-2 tie on the road against the LA Galaxy, which LA at home this year has been very good, better than most teams actually. Five one and five. Oh no, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm reading the. Uh, yeah, I think they're six four and two. Sorry, yeah, yeah six four and two. They were six four and one going into it. So obviously they'd gotten a bulk of their points at home. They'd done a good job on the season. And for them, they got off to a fast start. Seven minutes in, Alessandrini scores. You know, what were you thinking at, at that seven minutes in? Well, traditionally they've been very, very good at home. You know, and I, I know that Ziggy's been, the coach has been quite critical of them really because they've they've been ahead in a, quite a few games and they've let people back in the game. So he won't be too pleased with the way that we came back in the game. But... Uh, you know, when we we speak about defending in good numbers and getting people behind the ball, we talk about a determination and concentration levels of not letting people in early on and giving the home team some impetus to start to make, you know, for the start of the game. And I just thought that we... We we were back behind the ball, but as I've said a million times, you've heard me say it, that just because you have eight and nine men behind the ball, it doesn't mean that you're actually doing anything. And sometimes you can have too many men behind the ball and everybody thinks somebody else is going to do something and in the end, nobody does anything. And that was very much... It was a good strike by Alessandrini for the first goal, but I thought we showed him too much respect. I thought we gave him too much time and space. And, you know, if you give good players time and space in and around the penalty area... As we know with Darwin Quintero now, invariably it ends up in the back of the net. Yeah, and that was uh, it was it was a big start for LA because both teams were in this big stretch of games. 
both teams in the midst of a six-game streak where they're playing against Western Conference opponents. Uh, your team had 11 games left in the season going into the night, mm-hmm. uh, playing against a Western Conference opponent who will be there fighting for one of the final playoff spots uh, as the season starts to wind down. This was the start of a five-game road trip for your team. So there was a lot to go into this game, a lot kind of, I don't want to say pressure, but you want to get the you want to get the road trip off to a good start, and you're also running up against one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So there was a lot going into it. There was, and obviously, there's been a lot said about our away form, and quite rightly so. And you know, had, we've had plenty of criticism aimed at us, and I get that. You know, we haven't played well enough on the road this year, and if we're going to take this season towards the end, Jamie. We, you know, we got five games left on the road, I think. Was yeah. it six? Six on the road, six, four at home. Yeah. You know, we're going to have to win nearly all the home games and maybe pick two wins up out of the other uh, games on the road. So, you know, difficult place to start, but it gives us something now. We've, we've come back twice. We've got two good goals on the road. Actually, if Calvo wouldn't have got sent off, I, I thought we had a chance of nicking the game because we, we did look dangerous. And, you know, when we made the subs, we went, we, you know, we went 4-2-4, which is, you know, normally desperation stakes when you're chasing a game. But I think that Abu and Romario, who both came on as substitutes, gave us some impetus and actually put them on the back foot. And, um, you know, obviously the, the sending off for Calvo for the second yalla, I think debatable. He probably gave the referee, put him in a corner and said, are you going to do it? And he, he actually did it. So he, he probably got himself to blame for that. But over the, over, you know, when I look back at the game and I've watched it a couple of times, after a bad start, I thought that we actually, we, we, we did okay. And as you said, with Zlatan, we, we managed to keep him relatively quiet. Yeah. And that's, that's something that most teams haven't been able to do is he had, 15 goals and 17 games coming into it. Um, a big moment in the second half, Michael Boxel gets his first career MLS goal. But but one thing I thought was very noticeable about the play, and look, we, we talk about Darwin week in, week out, mm-hmm. right? Because Darwin is a special player. He's been incredible. I think it was 10 goals, 8 assists going into the game. Jonathan Dos Santos, guy who's played for Barcelona, guy that's played for Villarreal, um, He's got Darwin one-on-one in the corner defending him. And it was so blatant that he was so scared of Darwin's right foot that his body shape took him almost out of position to say, right, okay, I know your right foot is so good Mm -hmm. that I'm going to put you to the left foot. And then what did Darwin end up doing? He ends up going by him on the left side and crosses it in. But when you notice that, do you see that? Does that stand out to you like, Oh wow, that's a bit of respect being shown to our player. There. Well, it is, but if you were, let's turn it around, that if if Jonathan De Santos doesn't do that and Darwin comes in on his right foot and bends one or chips the keeper like we know he can do, or picks somebody out, you go, "What are you doing?" We spoke about it before. Show him on his, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. So, and but the thing was that Darwin realized that left him enough space to drag it past him, and then pick, puts a beautiful cross in with his left foot. Didn't expect Boxy to be coming on the near post. How but, about that? He yeah. makes a great run. He gets across 64th minute to tie it up 1-1. First it, goal for Boxy. Yeah, and it was a great header because, you know what it's like, there wasn't a lot of pace on the cross. You know, normally if there's a lot of pace on it, you just have to guide it. Boxy had to generate the pace off his own head, you know, and big neck muscles get there and turn the ball across. Smart header. Yeah, it was. It was a very good goal. And so that was a, a big moment. Makes it 1-1. Uh, 73rd minute. Actually, you know what? Back up. Because there's something I want to talk about as we talk to Adrian Heath here on the Adrian Heath Show. We're recapping the 2-2 draw 
in L.A. against the L.A. Galaxy. I want to ask you about this play because this happened before the first goal. I think it was around the 58th minute. I kind of had a pretty strong take on this as a broadcaster on on the uh, on Saturday night. Let's hope I agree with you then. There's a moment where the ball got played back, and Michael Ciani is the last defender for the LA Galaxy, and he's running back towards his own goal. Angelo Rodriguez putting a lot of pressure, constant pressure, which he put on all, all night. night. By the way, Ciani yeah. leaves his feet, dives, heads the ball back to the goalie, being towards David Bingham, but he leaves it short. Angelo Rodriguez starts to run around. But a foul is called. My problem with this and my thing that I said on the broadcast is if we have video review, shouldn't you let the play play out? If there is a foul and Angelo fouls the defender, gets the ball, scores, you automatically review because it's one of the four things that you review goals on. Goals, penalty kicks, red cards, and mistaken identities. Those are the four reviewable items in Soccer in Major League Soccer, but he calls the play dead, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter if he goes and scores from then on out because the whistle's blown, the play's dead. How do you feel about this? Should the play continue, and if the player goes and scores, exactly, then you can review it. Well, you've got a double chance of getting it right because have you seen it now? I'm, I'm sure yeah, you know it, what I'm it, talking it, about. He hasn't fouled him. He hasn't fouled him, but the referee deemed that he'd fouled him, so he, he blows. But I think this is one of the where we get a little bit of a gray area. Jamie, you know, because what happens if that ball goes back and the keeper clears it 70 yards and they go and score, which nearly happened at our stadium the week before. Right. When we had an unbelievable opportunity, then he calls it back. and he's, I think it's it's a little bit difficult, but I think you should have let the play continue, as you've said. If he doesn't score, he doesn't score. So he's, he's no, no harm, the, no foul, right? No, exactly. So then it's done and over with. But if, if, if Angelo goes around the keeper and scores... They always look at it anyway. They review whether there was a problem. Exactly. So they've got two chances of getting it right. And as it happened, I think it was a poor decision. Wasn't the only one he made on the evening, I've got to say. I knew it was going to be a big a big turning point in the game. And I think that's what I said, too. This could be a big talking point if the result stands. Fortunately, as we talked about, Michael Boxel ties it up 1-1. Then 73rd minute, Sebastian Legette scores. Um, but the 84th minute, your team, after the after the goal was scored... You bring on Romario Obara. You make the change. You have a Budan Ladi. You go to that four-two-four to go mm-hmm. get the second goal. How do you feel when you make the sub? The impact they can be the most impactful players. These subs when when it's a Boo, when it's Romario, which is nice to have two players coming off the bench. You finally have a bit of depth up top. Especially them two, it was so dynamic. Is that what you're hoping for them for, is to get in yeah. behind create? What do you, what do you think I, of when you make those changes? There's, there's two, things, two things here. A, we've got to take a chance. We're at that stage in the year where, hey, let's go for it. And had, had we gone 2-2 and had that Calvo, I was, I was for pushing everybody forward to try and go and get the win. Because we're at that stage now where three points, we, we, we're going to need three points at some stage on the road. The other thing with it, you leave yourself a little bit vulnerable in the middle of the park, where they had three players. We've only left two in there, so you're vulnerable on the counter-attack. But what it did do when you were at home and you know how important that game is, I think it put them on the back foot a little bit. So they weren't as adventurous with this, with their play. Started to kick it long rather than try and play play the way through the thirds of the field. That helped us. I actually thought that if Calvo had got sent off, I thought we could have nicked the game. Because we were, we were in the ascendance. We had a couple of half breakaways where I'm thinking one final ball here and we're in again. So the problem for a coach is this. You remember the game, the first game of our MLS season was in 
Portland. The 82nd minute, it was 2-1. Yeah. We decide to go for it, change people, and end up losing 5-1. And everybody looks at it and goes, what a shellacking, that's the terrible defeat, blah, blah, blah. So going forward, trying to get that equaliser, you do leave yourself open. And I was aware of that on Saturday, that that could have gone to three and four because of the way we'd set up in the end. As it happened, it went for us and we got the next goal. So you you have to weigh it up. But we're in the stage now where away games, we, we have to go and try and win them. Well, there's still a few more to go for left in this trip. We're up against the break now, so here's what we're going to do. When we come back, we'll finish recapping LA Galaxy away. We'll start to look at some of the roster movements that have taken place, some of the players in, some of the players out, what's going on with the roster, what still can be done now that the transfer window is closed. And I promised you a funny story, so when we stick around, I'll tell that story from the LA Galaxy. He's Adrian Heath. Many Hills in the booth. I'm Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show right here on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Adrian, the bumper music is back. We didn't have it last week. See, I'm not in the music mode. I didn't know this was coming back. I've not got my jukebox head on. Is that the excuse he's going to go with, Manny? Sounds like he's going to roll with that excuse. I've, I've... I've heard the song before. Oh, that that okay, that's good. <laughs> you think you're going to get some kind of credit for that? I'm trying to think what it's called. My American Heart. I don't know what it's... Benny, break the news to him. Well, he's... I mean, he's right on the artist. But... If this keeps going, I might get it. Yeah, man, quickly, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> well, I'm just it's, waiting, it's fading man, down. I'm just so waiting for that chorus coming. We'll we'll, we'll we can't. No, we're not. Pay, we're not paying for the full song. We only got a little bit here, yeah. so okay. it's like the iTunes we're already out preview. Of time. Yeah, we'll give you half a point. We're it's uh, that, that's six P, right? Who's that? Who's uh, no, the name of it? No, it's uh, the Shake. The Shake. By that's my right. American Heart. Yeah. That's right. The Shake. You hadn't got a clue. No. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, I, I, look. It's been a long day. Red-eye flight, so we yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> All right, so here's where we were last. We were leaving off with the LA Galaxy, and I promised you a funny story. I'm going to try to deliver. Ooh. Adrian, do you know when we do those post-game interviews in the locker room, sometimes the locker, the, the hallways in the locker rooms are a little bit closer than others? Uh-huh. I had a bit of, a, a bit of a, an encounter, a run-in this weekend, if you will, with somebody. Okay. So I'm doing the interview with Michael Boxel. We're talking about how... Great he is for scoring his first goal. Um, he was really funny about it. He uh, he was really like shy. I wanted to heap praise on him. He gets his first goal, and he's like, no, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Let's, let's move on. So anyways, moments before we get set to do the interview, you normally have to stop people on either side to be able to walk through. And people are kind of cautious because they see a camera. They see their lights on. They don't want to ruin a shot. So this one person in particular looked kind of at me and goes, can I walk through? And I gave her a little nod. And then right as she walked through right in front of the camera, I go, no, no, wait, we're on, we're on. And she panics. And I mean, when I say she nearly, she drops straight down, she nearly drops down and just hits the floor, like with her hands on the floor. I mean, it it couldn't have gone better as a prank, but then I felt like a horrible human being because I've just scared the, you know what, out of this random lady that walks by. I don't know who she is. How old was she? Um, and then if this is an old age pensioner, we've got a problem. No, no, I'm not doing this to a 90 year old. <laughs> no, she's uh, you know mid 30s, I think. Okay, you'll know the answer in a minute when I tell you who this was. So 
Come to find out, we in the broadcast, I'm, I've, I've changed. I've, I've rushed to get my, uh, my clothes on and um, to get you know out of my suit into the comfortable clothes to fly on this red-eye flight. And I end up walking out of the stadium at the same time as this person that I scared. So I turn to her and I go, hey, just so you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just kidding with you. I didn't mean to scare you. We weren't really on air. I was just having a little bit of a laugh there, you know, and... She looks at me and she goes, first of all, um, are you sure you're the same guy? Because he was wearing a suit two minutes ago. And I'm like, no, no, I've changed. I've got a red eye. And she goes, yeah. And I look at her and I realize it was Michelle Beadle from ESPN. Oh, there you go. One of the most famous broadcasters. So that's your career down the swan with the ESPN. entire country. Yeah. I've managed. It was good while it lasted, Jamie. Yeah? And I'm thinking, here I am 18 months into this job. Yeah. One day I would love to be on the ESPN network. Yeah, well. And there it is. There goes my career down the drain don't think she before it even started. Don't think she hasn't remembered that. She's gone in on Monday morning and going, you know this guy? Make sure yeah, we yeah. never, ever hire this guy exactly. who wants to be funny and thinks he scares me but, of all people, and I, here I am in, in her world, the TV world. Yeah, well, you pick somebody famous. So if you're gonna do a prank on somebody, there we sure, go. Yeah. So that's uh, I, I was I was I was well pleased. She took it in stride. She handled it very well. She was hilarious about it. Um, Is she a football fan then? Was she at the game? So she was at the game. She yeah. wanted to meet Zlatan. Oh, I see. Same same as I did. I I was excited to meet him too. I was. I'll, I'll admit it goes. Uh, David Beckham won. Zlatan too, as far as the most ever I've been starstruck to see someone. Really? You ever been starstruck to see someone? Um, only one. Is that when you looked in the mirror? No, I was. I was. Uh, I waited probably an hour to see Muhammad Ali. Ooh. And managed to get a, a picture of him, and it looks like I'm with him, but I've actually come up behind him and sort of placed, <laughs> snuck your arm under his chin on his shoulder, so it looks like we're together, you know. But uh, no, he's my greatest sporting hero, and. Uh, it was great to see him. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. You got to meet him. That was uh, that was cool. So, and I got to meet Michelle Vito. She was great about it. She laughed about it. You're not putting them in the same sort of pot there, are we? No, it was it was okay. a, it was a clear cut period okay. at the end of that sentence. There was no comma. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was just slightly different. Those two. Okay. One A, one B. You know. <laughs> so, anyways, there was my story from the game. LA Galaxy, good result on the road, heading off to FC Dallas next week. Uh, this week. We will talk about that more a little bit in the show. Adrian Heath, 1500 ESPN, Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken. Let's talk a little bit about roster movement. You've had a couple of players now. You've, you've been able to actually get all three rookies that were drafted out on loan at some point this season. And the club just announced another loan today. Uh, Burchand, a 1D, has now gone out on loan to the Charlotte Independence. Mason Toy got a chance to play this weekend. For the Colorado Springs switchbacks on the road to Tulsa Roughnecks, how important is that for the young guys to be able to go get games, get minutes for their development? I think I speak for probably three quarters of the coaches in the MLS, and one of the biggest hurdles for us, certainly the teams who haven't got um, a second team which is under your control, you can have the affiliates, but certain affiliates are more interested in their own players, and I fully understand that. That's what we were in Orlando. Right. You know, we weren't, we were an affiliate with Sporting Kansas City, but hey, I, I was, I was thinking too more about my players than anybody else's. So I, you know, I think I understand that. That's for us to get them valuable experience, which is, you know, I was saying to somebody the other week, Mason Toy is 19. 
he was playing high school football last year. He needs to go and play against men. He needs to go and play with people whose livelihoods are dependent on the game. Who bonus that they get for winning games contributes to their salary. And I think it's really important that we, if we can't get a second team in next year, which is what we're trying to do, if we can't, it has to be the year after. We have to get these guys some minutes because we are wasting valuable time. Certainly. And so with that, um, now the, the roster is, the the transfer window is closed, but the roster freeze date isn't until the middle of September, September 14th, I believe. Um, with that, is Minnesota United done making moves? No, because what some people might not know is that you can actually sign up until that September date you've just given you can actually sign out of player contracts. People who are out of contract, they are deemed not employed. If they were out of contract when the window fin- when the window closed, they are still available for us to sign. Okay. So there are plenty of players still out there that we could still make a move for. You know, I know that one or two people are going, why have somebody released somebody else? Well, you know, around the world, there are players who are out of contract. And so we are still looking. Um, we've got one, of, a couple of irons in the fire down that road. So, you know, what's the space, shall we say? Yeah, so there's there's hopefully more movement. I mean, that's uh, about a month away from today. So you've got a month to make that decision before the roster freezes uh, with 10 games left. Obviously, that will be more important. It has to come down to the stretch of the season. Um, but also, too, I'm sure you wouldn't just sign somebody for the next 10 games. It would be somebody that would you'd want to look at for longer term as well? I think, yeah, m- most definitely. But hey, who's to say that in the next couple of weeks you don't get really injuries, God forbid, in, in the same position. And then suddenly you are just looking for somebody to tide you through till the end of the year. Sure. You could look at it that way. But in the ideal world, we'd like to bring somebody in. If we're going to do it, who's going to go with us beyond the end of this season? Okay, makes sense. So that'll be good. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Awundi does at Charlotte. Again, Mason Toy, Colorado Switchbacks, uh, Carter Manley with Las Vegas Lights. And then earlier this year, Wyatt got a chance to go, Wyatt Omsberg got a chance to go out to the Tulsa Roughnecks, get a few games. Yep. Uh, important for all of those players in their development. All right. So we've talked LA Galaxy. We've talked a little bit about the roster movement and what's still capable of being done. May happen, may not happen, yet to be seen. Now what we're going to do in the next segment when we come back is we are going to go abroad. The English Premier League kicked off this past weekend. They had their first round of games. We made predictions on five of them. One of us did really well. One of us didn't do really well. I can't remember if it's what I did. You want to find out? Yeah, let's have a little Stick around. When we come back, we'll see how we did last week in match day one of the English Premier League pick We'll pick five more results for the next week, and we'll see who's taking a commanding lead on the leaderboard when we return to the Adrian Heath Show right here on 1500 ESPN. This is the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. Adrian, as we welcome you back. Well, I can't talk over the intro. You can't talk over it if you don't turn the on button to your microphone. Am I on now? Yeah. Stop, You're on now. Stop t- talking over the intro. This is an easy one. This Adrian. one is an easy one. You, you should know this one. one. Yeah. And I can't let you get to the chorus because if it gets to the chorus. Back. Loser. You got it. There we go. Yeah, that's an easy one. I figured See, that's when I saw you know what? that. By the way, I've noticed, the log, though, I I've noticed because I've been on such a good run, 
you and Manny and are starting to put a lot of this American music on my plate now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We're we trying to set you up. Trying to. Yeah. But obviously we can't. Uh, We've got to up the difficulty level, Adrian. Yeah. I'll try but the you're British through, though. Yeah. You're doing, hey, you know what? Just Pretty why crush. are you complaining? You're, you're getting them right. Yeah, well, there you go. Luckily, I think. One and a half out of two so far. All right. Here's where we're at. We've talked a little bit about LA Galaxy. We did a little bit of the ins and outs of the team last segment. This segment, where we left you was, we were talking about English Premier League pickems that we do. We name five games each week. We predict either a win, a draw, or a loss for the teams involved. Last season, Adrian, you took a commanding lead and never looked back. This season. I think I know where this is going, yeah. It hasn't started off so well for you. Okay, go on, let's go. Last week, how do you think you did? Do you remember? Give us the games again. The games last week, Everton Wolves. I went for Wolves, which I, I can't believe I did, but I haven't I told you not it. to. For somebody that okay. is an Everton giant, you didn't do it. No. You picked Everton to lose. I picked them to tie, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Go on. I was right. You were wrong. Then we did Manchester United versus Leicester. We both picked Manchester United. Uh-huh. We both were right. Newcastle Tottenham. You picked a draw. I picked Tottenham. Okay. Tottenham won. Arsenal Man City. You picked a draw. I picked Man City. I was right. You were wrong. Huddersfield Chelsea. You picked Huddersfield. I picked a tie. We both went against the grain and we lost mightily. It was 3 0 Chelsea. I was watching that game at about some godforsaken hour, like five in the morning. Because we were out in LA on the West Coast. and And by the way, I'm, I'm, you know I'm like with uh, Sari, the coach of yeah. Chelsea. He's probably my favorite guy. He's one I watch more than anybody else. Huddersfield actually were really good for the first 20, 25 minutes and couldn't score. Yeah. And uh, and then Chelsea got into the groove and that better player just coming out, overtook him. So was it 3-1 down then? Uh, no, that was uh, it was 4-1. I went 4-1. You went 1-4. You Where did you go? You went Chelsea? I, I picked a tie for Everton Everton oh, yeah. Wolves. That was right. We both picked Manchester United. Yeah. I picked Tottenham. That was right. I picked Man City. That was right. And the only one I missed was the Chelsea Huddersfield. It's four four out of five for me. No, it's not. Can you just be happy for me? It's three one. It's four one. You're one and four. I'm four and we both one. Got the last one. Commanding wrong. lead. Okay. It doesn't matter. Let's go. It, does. I know over it does matter. The, over the course love... of the season, you know how this season <laughs> I need a three-game cushion to start. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. Let's go five more games. This next week, we've got several games. I've written them down here. I'm keeping track of it because you don't trust me. We'll go back to the well with Everton as Everton hosts Southampton. I'll give you the first choice. I think you know. I know where this is going. No, I, I was... Pleasantly surprised by Everton, considering they had to play so long with a, a man down as well. Richarlison looked every inch the player that he was at Watford at the start of last season. Home win. Everton at Goodison, new manager, new players, fever pitch in Goodison Park, stadium bouncing, home win. I agree. It's got to be. There's no way Everton can. Oh, you can do the same as me, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good thing I didn't do the same as you last week. Yeah, I'd be okay. one and four. Let's go. Chelsea plays host to Arsenal. I, Do you want me to go first? Do you want me to make a prediction? Yeah, go on. Okay. I think Chelsea, as good as they looked last week, I think that they have enough to push aside a new look Arsenal. I think Chelsea with a home win. I think narrowly, and I'll tell you why. Because I think. Oh, that, so you're going to pick the same thing I do? Yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea won the big players. The Hazards came on, and you know people like that. They look completely different. I was really disappointed with Arsenal at the uh, last weekend. 
Okay. I, I just thought they were very one-paced, not a lot of dynamism throughout the team, and um, that's going to be a problem for him. It'll be interesting for me what the team selection is, because I think that Unai Emery had a wake-up call, and I think he will actually go, I'm changing this. So it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a narrow Chelsea win. Well, you're getting the thoughts of Adrian Heath on the Adrian Heath he, Adrian Heath show here. Gosh, get that peanut butter out of my mouth. Yeah. Uh, right here on 1500 ESPN, recapping the English Premier League games. We're two games in. We pick five each week. Next up, we've got Leicester, Leicester City versus Wolves at Leicester. Adrian, you're up. Who you got this week? Um, I'm going to take a draw. Okay. And why is that? You just think Wolves looked good last week? No, I think that Wolves, with the way that they play, will set up a little bit defensively and get a lot of men behind the ball and still have that danger. I just don't think... It'll be interesting to see where the Vardy starts. Yeah. That, for me, will be interesting. Um, A draw. All right, I'm going to go with the home win for Leicester. I'm going three home wins in a row. This is... uh, I'm going to play that advantage right now at home this week. But then I'm going to switch... And I'm going to do a 180 for the next matchup, which is Crystal Palace versus Liverpool. Ben Grossman, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I know you're a huge Crystal Palace fan. Uh, Die hard. But I've got to go with Liverpool as the road winners here. I'm going to pick them to win on the road. Are you following suit? I am, reluctantly. Reluctantly. So you think that'll get you some saving grace with Ben when he hears you say that? No, not at all. Because I thought that Liverpool were far and away the most impressive team. 4-0. 4-0. Oh, but it wasn't they the 4-0. Good. It was the way they played. They moved the ball away so quickly. They've got this extra dynamism now in midfield with Naby Keita. And I, you know, I think it's going to be a lot tighter than people think for the championship. Do you I, want to tell people what I said to you Friday night when we were talking on the eve of Well, if it means the that Saturday you look games. as though you know what you're talking about, no, I don't want to tell people what you said. Then I'll tell them because I'll tell, I have no problem telling the people I know what I'm talking about. I told you Friday night, true or false, I think Liverpool, this is before I saw them run away 4-0 winners, I think Liverpool will win this year. Well. I said that. We we talked about the top four last week. We both had the same exact top four. You gave me Man City 1, Liverpool 2. I gave you in no particular order because I wanted to cover my you-know-what. But I think Liverpool's going to win. Okay. I think they win this year. After this weekend, I, I would know. My only worry for them is if they were to lose one of their goal scorers, if Salah goes down, if Sane, Mane, yeah, yeah they, they they haven't got an awful lot underneath to come back in. I said I said Sonny. I yeah. said Sadio Mane put it together. I made a new nickname yeah. for him. Mane, yeah. If Mane gets hurt, so or so. I'll go Liverpool, but I think that Palace will do okay because Palace are really good at uh, Salah's Park. They'll do okay in a loss to, yeah. to the eventual champions, Liverpool. Last game, Ooh, difficult one to call. Cardiff at home, hosting Newcastle. I think. First game back in the Premier League. Going up to Wales. Yeah, and New- Newcastle have had this bit of a cloud hanging over them. No signings. The Mike Ashley saga still rolling on. I'm going to go a home win for Cardiff because I think that Cardiff realise if they don't win home games against the likes of Newcastle, then they are doomed before they even get going. I'm going to say the team split the points, and yeah. I th- I'm calling a draw. Okay. So, for us, we only have, of the five games, we only have two that are different. So, those will be the ones to keep the big eye out on. Leicester versus Wolves. I have Leicester winning at home. You have a draw. And then you have Cardiff winning at home over Newcastle. Uh, Part of me hopes that either... Actually, I hope you're right on that one because that means Ian Fuller's team 
uh, will go 0-2 to start the season off, and then we can start the relegation chatter with him after week two. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's how we do it. That's every week we do a Premier League pick There's five games right there. We will check back in next week to see how much I further my lead. Looking a safe bet with how smart I started to start the season off. Yeah, just let's keep going. What was it now? Another 37 to go? I kind of want to just call it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to call it there and just actually win something on you. But we're not calling it quits on this show. We've got one more segment left. When we come back, we are going to preview the upcoming matchup against FC Dallas. Minnesota United heads to Dallas this week. Heads to home, the hometown where my parents still live, where I grew up. The city that raised me. We're heading back to Dallas. We confetti and bunting and statues. Look, and, if the parade happens in Coppell when we go through it, it's yeah. it's probably just a mere coincidence, coincidence that okay. it happens this yeah, weekend. Okay. We, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll preview the matchup, and we will eventually get to everyone's favorite segment. We will rate Cal's call. Stick around. Still plenty more to come. He's Adrian Heath. Many Hills in the booth. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken right here on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Here we go. Final segment for this week's Adrian Heath Show. Adrian, you know this one, don't you? I go, hey, yeah. Well, I, I was struggling at first with the outcast. It? That's outcast. There we go. Andre 3000, big boy. I saw boy. you smiling straight away because I knew you knew it. Yeah, this is a great song. So are we picking he, it now because if I don't get him, you know you're going to get it because it's your era. If you're going to get it right, I'm at least going to enjoy the 30, 45 seconds it plays. Yeah, you're yeah, getting yeah. on to it. Okay. Man, he's catching on now, finally. <laughs> he's buying in. He's, he's in. Yeah, there yeah. he is. All right, final segment. Here we go. Uh, we're going to preview FC Dallas. But, but first, before we do that, I want to talk about one of the craziest plays I've seen in MLS history, and I was a guy that was there in the 96 season. I'm not going to claim that I've seen every game ever played in MLS, but I will say, incredible. The ending to the Orlando City FC Dallas game. Can we talk about your mate? Uh-huh. The guy who should have been Adrian Rooney. Uh-huh. Wayne Rooney, as he said in his book, his dad was going to name him Adrian after his favorite player, Adrian Heath. That story gets me every time. Wayne Rooney... D.C. United will set the stage. It's 2-2. D.C. United is playing at home. For context, D.C. United, before the game starts, they're sitting on 18 points, dead last in the East, second to last overall in MLS. They're playing at home to Orlando City. 2-2. Two to two. 93rd minute? 93rd, 94 minutes, yeah. All of a sudden, David Osted comes running up from his goal, the goalkeeper for D.C. Before you go through it, I thought Wayne's quote, quote after when he said what the goalkeeper was doing in the penalty, I don't know. It's 2-2. Normally, only you see that if but, it's 2-1. No, but it's 2-2, but if they can still score from the corner. Yeah, and then you get nothing off. So what happens? The corner comes in with the D.C. goalie in there. There's nobody back in the goal. Mm-hmm. The header goes towards goal. It's cleared off the line by Orlando yeah. City. It's not going in. It's going to go wide, but the guy on the post clears it. And all of a sudden, you start to see Will Johnson break out at midfield with Stefano Pino running in the middle of the field. And it's Wayne Rooney is the only guy back. There's nobody in goal for D.C. Uh, literally nobody in their entire half. So then he runs 65 yards. And Will Make- Johnson, instead of trying to shoot it, instead of trying to dribble by, or instead of trying to pass it by him, he takes an extra touch and Wayne Rooney makes an incredible sliding challenge. Not only an incredible sliding challenge, Slides round and keeps the ball in play, then gets up and runs an extra 10, 15 yards, puts an incredible diagonal, 
to Luciano Acosta. What, 70 yards maybe? Easily, on a dime. And then the five foot three smallest guy in the MLS gets up and heads it back across the goal and it goes in in the far post. For a big win at home. I mean, it's the most bananas play I've seen in MLS in a long time. Do you know what I thought? When people talk about, is Wayne really invested? Is he here for the right reasons? That was the moment, huh? Well, that was the moment that proves it. He's done everything. He's a multimillionaire. He's done everything he can do in the game. And he wants to stop them scoring and then thinks, I'm going to make sure that, hey, we might even have a chance. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. It's a it's a point-saving challenge because it stops them from going to score. So it keeps them mm-hmm. in the game. And then it wins them two points for the cross in. Yeah, incredible. I mean, it's, it's, As you say, it's, I've been doing this a long time, 40 years since I left school and you know going professional. Jaw was literally on the floor when I saw it. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, incredible. So quickly, as you head to FC Dallas, we start to look ahead. FC Dallas sitting on top of the Western Conference, 42 points. We seem to say that every time we play Dallas, the top <laughs> of the Western Conference. You know, I think it tells you what a great job over the last five years Oscar's done. Yeah, he's been he's been incredibly solid over the over the course of his tenure back at FC Dallas. Seven one and four at home. Obviously, very difficult place to play. Dallas in August is not exactly what ideal. What will the temperature be, Jamie? Being a local, uh, I'm, I'm as in a guess hundred plus. It'll it'll easily be in the nineties. Right now, Coppell, Texas, beautiful, eighty eight degrees on Saturday. It's looking like ninety five degrees. Yeah, seventy seven is a low. Oof. Yeah, there you go. It's going to be a warm one. Yep. Um, getting prepared for that. What has been the the talk with the team this week? Um, as per usual, on the road. Start. Let's start. Brightly, don't let's give anything away. Don't let's give them anything to get ahead of steam up. We know they've got great pace with the likes of Barrios and Lamar and Badgy now. That's going to be another something else we're going to have to cope with because before they've had good players, but never really that real cutting edge speed through the middle. And now they have with Badgy. I thought I watched the game at the weekend against Seattle and I really like the young kid, Alan Guiz. They've just taken from Chile. I thought. You know, have Dallas unearthed another number 10, like of course, going back to Ferreira, to uh, Diaz, Diaz, who's just gone yeah. over to the United Arab Emirates. And now, and now they've got this other young 20-year-old kid, 18 or whatever he was. He, 21, yeah. 21-year-old he, kid. He, he, looked a, he looked a really good player. Wow. They so, just do so, good... hey, they're going to have threats. They're not top of the Western Conference for nothing. And you look at the home record, one defeat. But the one defeat was last the last home game against yeah. San Jose who've got one of the worst away records in the country. So it does show that if you put a game plan on, you can score goals, which San Jose did when they have their moments, anything can happen. Well, it'll be a big matchup for sure. Coming off of a tie in LA, second game of five on this road trip, big important part of the season. There'll be a lot of eyes looking at that game for the kickoff Saturday night in Dallas. That'll be a big one. You can catch that one. On Fox Sports North, you'll be able to see Callum Williams, Kendra D. St. Aubin, and myself calling that game. Adrian, we wish your team all the best. But before we let you go, we got a little bit of business to handle here. We had a collector's item this past weekend. Well, you bought a drink? (laughs) The very rare occasion that that happens. Something even more rare than that. (laughs) Michael Boxel. Oh yeah, finds his way all the way up from a center back position, gets a nosebleed, getting so high up the field, he gets on the end of a cross from Darwin Quintero. This must be spontaneous because I can't believe the Cows thought that if Boxy scores, I'm going to go say this. <laughs> he, this couldn't, he couldn't have had very much lined up for a Michael Boxer goal call. I promise you that one. 
This is the moment where we take Callum Williams, the play-by-play commentator for Minnesota United, the best goal call commentator in the league, one of my favorites ever. He gives us some magic every time a goal is scored for Minnesota United, and he did not disappoint with this one. We're going to go to this past weekend at the Stub Up Center. Michael Boxel gets his first goal in MLS, first goal of the season, ties it up 1-1 in L.A., Adrian, you are going to listen to this call. You are going to give it a score from 0 to 10, 10 being the best, in a segment we like to call Rate Cal's Call. So without further ado, Adrian, it is time for you to rate Cal's Call. Darwin Quintero. Ball across. And in! Lifeline for Minnesota. And it's Michael Boxall. The Loons look ahead. Courtesy of the boy from down under. Lifeline in Los Angeles, 1-1. Loons look ahead, courtesy of the boy from Down Under. Well, maybe, I'm not so sure, because Down Under normally refers to uh, Australia. Does ooh, it? I don't know ooh, whether... Are we taking negative marks off well, of... Uh, well, I don't know whether it encapsulates New Zealand when they say Down Under. I mean, I think it, I think New Zealand falls in that category. Well, I'm going to check it before uh, Manny. Would you? Let's be the be, Adrian says it doesn't count. I think it counts. Do you count New Zealand as down under? I I would. I mean, but I guess I suppose Adrian would know better than us, though. Right? Why? Because he's got another no, funny accent, just like them. No, <laughs> that was I mean, another, yes and no. That but, used to be you know. another one of our colonies. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Score of one to zero to ten. You uh, you have a high standard set so far. So where does this one fall? I'm going um, six and three quarters. Six point seven five. I'll give it to you. I love the creativity. If well, we have a six point seven, this reasons, will be ahead. Couple of reasons. I'm going to check the down under because okay. I'm not sure that New Zealand fall into that category. By okay. The way. Men at work. The song. Okay. I come from a man down under. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't say that in New Zealand, by the way. And also, Kel's got a bit cocky this week because Villa have scored 1 2 on the trot. Oh, okay. So we got to make sure that nothing Keep gets down too. a little bit. There we go. Yeah. Keep him down for saying Keep Michael the Villa down from as well. Down under. There we go. Adrian, thanks as always. We appreciate it. Loved it. Manny, thank you so much. We appreciate it as always. And we appreciate you tuning in. We want to say thank you so much for listening. And as always, it is so much fun getting to be here, getting to talk Minnesota United, getting to talk soccer. And we are so thankful for everyone who's listening. And for Adrian, for Manny, for myself here at 1500, we want to say thank you so much for listening to the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken right here on 1500 ESPN. You've been listening to The Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the Sportswire.